Hello, and thank you for supporting us for 100 great episodes here at the Navy Blue Corner. To celebrate, here is our interview with Connor Rogers, a diehard Carlton supporter and the co-host of the Spotify original podcast, Goes All Right, that features many of the current and future stars of the AFL. We hope you enjoy. It is an absolute pleasure today to welcome a new friend to the podcast. You may know him as the human pyramid enthusiast, Rog, or simply the man with the best mo in the game. I told you we'd be referencing that one, mate. Yeah. Uh, he's one half of the Goes All Right podcast, a Spotify original under the prestigious Producey banner. And at the end of the day, he's a passionate blue bagger just like us. So welcome, Connor Rogers. Thanks for joining us for our 100th, mate. Mate, what a raise of that. If I, I wish I had a cricket bat ninny so I could literally do it. But I've always wanted, I reckon that's almost a bucket list item to have one of those intros where they just go through sort of almost like if you had a Wikipedia, oh. your greatest <laughs> highlights. I've actually never had that before and I, I wasn't expecting it. And fucking, thank you so much for having me. Of course, mate. Very well deserved. I, I could have hit you up for a bio, but I did my, the digging myself. <laughs> how's, your, uh, how's your start to 2023 been? Yeah, fantastic. It was, we're actually coming off right now, um, the back of my birthday weekend. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I usually sort of pride myself on my articulation, but do excuse me if the, <laughs> if the, if the words do happen to deceive me today. But no, uh, been a great start to the, the year. Uh, and now, you know, the Australian Open sort of just finished up and we're ramping up mm-hmm. towards footy season. I can't wait. Very keen to get stuck into it. And look, uh, before we get stuck into the Carlton chat, I have been listening to the podcast a fair bit, the Goes All Right Mm -hmm. podcast. Got to get as many plugs in for that as possible. Now, you you say you are basically the greatest rock, paper, scissors player to ever exist. And so, I mean, we've got to challenge this because I'll put my hand up and say I'm probably the worst. I don't reckon I've ever won a contest. So I'm going to put the pressure on you. I reckon we've got to have a rock off right now. And if I win, your career may be done and dusted. We might have to just get rid of this clip because we can't damage it too much. But most likely, you're going to brutalize me. So typically, why I do the rock, paper, scissors is for the purpose of when I'm on a date and I say, mm. uh, whoever wins the game of rock, paper, scissors gets their dinner shouted for them. Now, so I feel like I sort of need the stakes upped just so that <laughs> just so that so just so that it's familiar to when I normally do it. So if I win, I would expect you to shout me dinner and vice versa. That mm-hmm. sounds perfect. I'm happy right. to raise those stakes. All right, what are we doing? Uh, rock, paper, scissors, and we go on scissors. Yeah, I'm happy for that. All right, here we go. This is big. Mm. Rock, oh. paper. All right, we need we need some cohesion. We've like we've like it's cohesion. a little bit laggy. That's the hardest part of this. That's the hardest part of this. All right, rock, paper, scissors. Here we go. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, you've got me. He's done it. He's done it. That's a free dinner. Thank you. That's a free no, dinner. See, that's, that's beautiful. That's Carlton Richmond round one before. I was going to say, yeah. The, is that is that normally what what you do there? So you purposely lose it. You say you're the best, you purposely lose it, and you look like a gentleman at the date, and that's how you get them. Quite literally the opposite. I, I want to <laughs> – I think it's about time the tide shifts and we us blokes start getting the dinner shouted for us time to time. So I use my elite rock, paper, scissors method to capitalise, but you've worked me out. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot of studying going on, I reckon, behind that one. But uh, let's let's get straight into the questions, Lockie. What do you have for us? Well, I'm going to see if I can get myself a free dinner somehow through this episode, yeah. but we'll see how we go. So let's start off, mate. Let's let's go back to the past. We're all young blue baggers. 
when you think about, you know, growing up as a Carlton fan, who who's the the player that comes to mind as your favourite? Uh, the, the two definitely stands out uh, would be Cade Simpson and mm-hmm. Eddie Betts for sure. I actually wore Cade Simpson's number on my back um, before growing all through my junior footy career just because I wanted to play like him. But um, Eddie Betts, I think, was the first player I fell in love with and mm. he was the first player that, you know, you know when you get a boy, you get a boy early when no one really knows who they are, no one really speaking much mm. about him. And for some reason, they just have something about him. I reckon in his first three games, I'm a little six-year-old lad. Yeah. I flagged him as my boy and to watch him turn into the player he did, I felt like I had a part to play in it, you know? <laughs> no, that's absolutely unreal. You absolutely love that. And yeah, I mean, you've chosen some good ones. And even though maybe the success wasn't there when we were all growing up together through those sort of 2000s, we were blessed by having some just unreal talent. And I think the next question I want to ask, because this is probably going to be one of my favorite ones, throughout these interviews is, is there a moment when you were growing up that I guess that iconic moment that you remember that kind of made you a real rusted on Carlton supporter when you realized that this isn't just a game, this is almost like your religion? Yeah, I remember, and it goes back to Eddie Best, and this just speaks volume of how good a bloke he is. Mm. But I went to an open training session um, where we got to walk out on the ground and meet the players and the night beforehand, I made like a, a card. It was the worst card you've ever seen. It was a folded up bit of A4 paper <laughs> and would have just said, I love Eddie on it. But once again, this is when he was a bit of an unknown. So it's not like he would have been many play uh, people's favorite player yet because he was just mm. on the scene. Would have played a handful of games, but I loved him. So I went up to him. I gave him this card and he almost couldn't believe that someone went through this effort. And he tucked it between his legs. I went off the ground and they did the rest of their session. And I'll... The moment I fell in love with the club, I think, is when he I saw him throughout the session have the card on him until he could hand it over to a runner oh. and say, hey, go put this oh. in like my, my bag over there. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this guy so much. Oh, what a man. What a man. He is the best. Everything they say about him is 100% mm. correct. Just the ultimate people's person. Um, so easy to love. Was it, uh, was it scenes in the Rogers household when he made his way back then, when he announced it? it? You know, this is probably, if I was to put one strike against my name, like my biggest downfall as a Carlton supporter would be when we decided to get rid mm. of Eddie Betts. My mm. dad was the most filthy Carlton supporter you could possibly imagine. He was ready to burn the joint down. How could we get rid of Eddie Betts? And me, I actually thought it wasn't a bad call at the time. I was there going, yeah. oh, you know, our small forward's bit inconsistent. He didn't have the best year. If we get mm. rid of him and we get Daisy Thomas, premiership player, that, oh, could, yeah. be, that could be the difference. Lo and behold, Eddie Betts goes on to win three All-Australians <laughs> and uh, it was probably the biggest mistake we've made. And we've, God knows we've made a lot over the last few years. You're not wrong there. Make way for Troy Menzel, Eddie. You, you're getting into yeah. his way. <laughs> Open the oh, ground up. How many plays did we have like Troy Menzel, though, that come on the scene and we were like, oh, this is, now mm. we're in business. Like, these are Matthew Watson. These are the players now. Oh, yeah, like, going to take us to the promised land. But lo and behold, they, they did not take us to the promised land. Through no fault of their own either, mind you, it, it was probably the club fault more than anything. If these players went to other football clubs, I guarantee you they would have been, went to Sydney, they'd be premiership players by now. Like, yeah, 100%. Like, our misses 
at that stage. Like I remember Lockie and I went through one night, like pretty much every single draft pick and recruit through those years. And we're like, mm. surely at some stage, you've got to hit on one of these guys. Like you can't be that bad picking at like pick 10 every single year. Like how the hell did we just continually miss on these guys? Man, and like I was convinced that it was a bit of a personality issue, which to a degree it would have been. Yeah. But mm. um, I don't know if you heard the um, interview. Oh, I was a Dylan Friends podcast with Harry yeah. Mackay. So good. Tall. Yeah. Mate, it was the best interview and so just filled me with confidence as a loyal blue bagger. But when he talked yeah. about how when he first got to the club, um, you know, the the level, the training mm. set, it was almost uncool to train hard. And then now where if you're not training hard and doing the extras, that's almost frowned upon. So I don't blame these blokes when they walked mm. into that culture that they didn't quite come on the way we hoped they would. Yep. I'm, I'm glad you referenced that because we have referenced that episode a few times mm. on the pod because uh, it's one of the best Carlton interviews that I can think of because the way he talks about that time, it does give so much clarity to how they must have been feeling. Crazy. So much frust- like it frustrated me. It was good to get clarity on exactly what was going wrong. And it wasn't like the club is just cursed. Yeah. But at the same time, it was a bit frustrating where I go, we had, I thought, good leaders at the club like yeah. Jad, Simo. You've got to wonder here with those that sort of mm. echelon of player and leader, it could turn to shit like that. But lo and behold, mm. it did. Well, I like where your head's at with Matt- Matthew Watson on the mind. <laughs> Give us some other niche Carlton players that that stood out for you growing up, because and the yeah. niche of the better. Yeah, well, you know one that actually pops into my head a bit, and he never played a game, but was the great Irish hope Asaki O'Halpin. <laughs> oh, do, you, yes. do you remember? So yes. was running around, and all the conversation in the stands was, "Wait until you see his younger brother. He's dominating <laughs> the twos. He's going to be the next All Australian ruckman." And on they going, Asaki O'Halpin can't wait. Never played a game and never heard of him again. Oh, one of the greats. Like, that was one of those times, literally, where you're going, look, Satan's okay, but his brother's, like, 211 centimetres, the tallest man on the earth, going to be a superstar. (laughs) And, yeah, just how did he not become one of the all-time greats? I'm still disappointed about that. Get that man a debut, surely. Absolutely. Like I said, Satanta and his little helpers, but I don't remember Santa having a younger brother that was way talented than him, but probably (laughs) maybe he did and we just haven't found out about him yet. Like we never found out about Asaki. Other than that, mate, you know, my, so my favorite player now, other than like, aside from Kripa, like I I put him aside because like, obviously after everything Mm. he's done, he asked, you have no choice but to have him as your favorite player. But other than that, mate, I am passionate about Jordan Boyd, and it really mm. hurt my heart to see him get injured. The day before he got injured, uh, I rang up to SEN, which I do semi-regularly, because yeah. Adam Cooney and Josh Jenkins put out a phone ask saying, who's the one player that you think is going to jump out the ground at your club mm. this year? I rang up, raved about Jordan Boyd, and Adam Cooney lost his head because he went, Rog, oh, you didn't know my name was Rog, you said that. <laughs> Oh, he knew. He knew who he was talking yeah. to. Yeah. He said, Connor, I've only got three names written down on a piece of paper here from the whole league, and top of the list was Jordan Boyd. So we both agreed. Then the day after, he breaks his foot. So Jordan Boyd at the moment, but my Jordan mm. Boyd before Jordan Boyd was David Allard. I love David yeah. Allard. Oh. Mm. That's a good one. Nice. That's a good one. I just love the – like, my favourite players are the ones that just know their role – very crafty, intel may not be the best athletes, but super intelligent and just has a little niche that they find. David Allard, I thought, was criminally underrated. 
Have you got a thing for unesthetic jersey numbers or jumper numbers too? Yeah, because Jared Keisha, yeah. number 37, one of the <laughs> yeah, greats. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what we were um, after. Yeah. Um, Jared Keisha, he was one, uh, the big bodied midfielder that you thought could do anything. Like, it's a bit of like a Tom Bell. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, we've had a lot of false dawns like that. Yeah. Certainly have. Almost too many. Like, I could. We could talk for 20 hours on all the players that we thought were going to be absolute superstars that played about 10 games and you never heard of them ever again. Um, but look, yeah. let's switch tacks a little bit. Let's move towards the season ahead. What are your expectations for the uh, the 2023 season? And obviously we did make finals last year. So what do you, for you has to actually change for us to take that next step? Uh, well, I think that the greatest thing that will come from last year, well, the two things is obviously the belief that we are a legitimate side now. Mm. Going into last year, we were hopeful that we would become a good side. But I think going into next year, we know that we're a good side. And mm-hmm. I think that's all the difference. It felt like last year we had to prove something to people. And we still do have to do that because we have made mm. finals. But last year, it felt like we need to prove to people that we can play. But now everyone knows we can. And the amount, the belief you get from that, knowing that mm. you are a legitimately good side, I think, you know, will be the most important factor. But aside from that, and I know it's a cliche, but I think the growth will come from the pain of the Melbourne loss mm. and the Collingwood loss. For sure. Because, you know, you think about last year, we were traveling well. Then we go over to Adelaide um, and we just, we just don't even rock up. We get smashed. Mm. And I feel like this year that won't happen. Like we won't go to a game where we're expected to win and just think it's going to happen because they'll remember the pain of Melbourne and Collingwood and how we found we found ourselves in that position because we did drop games to Adelaide. So um, yep. I think that the the, the confidence mm. from knowing we can play the game and the pain of what it was like to not make it will be the biggest driving factors in getting us into the top four. Yeah, but I, I love the idea of like, and I think some of the players have even spoken about it, saying that like last season they were going in with hope and now there's that belief. And you can kind of see that with probably the way that they approached even like pre-season. Like we beat Melbourne and all of a sudden every single person is like, oh, we're going to win the flag. We've just beaten Melbourne. Because we're probably playing as if we're trying to win the preseason rather than just, you know, getting the miles into the legs, trying out different plays yeah. and, and really doing all the things that good teams do. We're almost trying to prove it too much. And I think that this preseason and this year, you're going to see hopefully a different outfit where they've kind of proven it enough. They have that belief to then take that next step and, and trust themselves because they might go to that, to that, you know, Adelaide game, like, like last season and then actually believe they can do it rather than have those nerves of, Oh, can we do it? Do we know we're good enough? Like I think now surely they understand that, they're good enough. You think about it, you know, true common medalist, Brownlow medalist, how many All-Australians in that team? There's enough talent to get it done now. Yeah, it just it just feels like it's our time. We've had that many match winners in the side that, you know, it, it, even if there are a couple of people that are down on form, we have enough mm. leaders and enough quality. You know, I feel like it only takes one player to win you a game sometimes. Obviously, it's not... Uh, that's not a reliable way of going about it mm. all season. But mm. I feel like we could be having a bad day and it could be Weedering that takes 10 contested marks down back or it could be yep. Kerner that just bobs up and kicks seven or Cripper has 40. But we are so blessed at the moment because we have so many genuine out-and-out match winners. Mm. So if yeah. we can't if we can't find our way into the eight now, I expect the four, but if we can't make our way into the eight, then shit, there is something cursed at the club. <laughs> 
Hopefully there's not anything cursed and we do make it. And look, you, you touched on Jordan Boyd before, but obviously he's injured now, which is not ideal. I was very high on him as well. But do you have any other players to watch out for in 2023 that you think are going to take that next step? Who are you sort of looking out for? I'll give you a left field one just because I feel like I, I'm almost answering a slightly different question. But mm. I think the player that will surprise the competition the most is a, a bit of a forgotten man in Ed Kerno. Mm. Because Boom. He, People yeah, people forget that, you know, before last year where he was injured the whole season, the three years before that, it was either top three or top four, but he was in our top three best and fairest the yeah. three years previous to him. So he's a vital player and everyone's forgotten about him, you know, because he just didn't play. Mm. I think he'll come in and whether he'll, you know, be on the wing or find a place in the guts, which it wouldn't be easy. Mm-hmm. I think the difference between having, you know, and I'm not knocking any of these players. In fact, I won't even say any names because I love them all. But someone, <laughs> someone, someone out on the wing who perhaps um, you know isn't that experienced or maybe reliable yet, having an experienced head like Ed Kerner who's done it all before, I think that just mm. makes such a massive mm. difference. But outside of him, someone that another forgotten man that I I was high on as well. I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith just in his body. But David Cunningham, I think, yeah. You know, the amount of first round draft picks in that, like, uh, or draft picks that went well, Weedering, Kerno, Silvani, uh, I'm forgetting one more, Mackay, all in the yeah. same draft. David Cunningham was a first rounder that, if you're not a Carlton supporter, you probably don't even know who he is. But mm-hmm. he's only played one game in the midfield, majority midfield minutes. It was against Essendon. Yeah. Oh, we got know it well. <laughs> he got the he got the three votes. So if he can get his body right, that'll be one hell of a cherry on top of the cake. Oh, yeah. We, we've been riding that David Cunningham bandwagon for years. And I think everyone's just hoping that we can see him yeah. play like at least 10 games. I feel like I this know. ACL injury may take like three years for it to finally heal. But I think once it does, you're going to see something exciting. Like I'm, I'm getting that flash to that game against the Doggies that we almost came back and won. Where I think Kerno kicked seven. That little yeah. crumbing goal. It's like those little things. He has a bit of a spark. And I think the Ed mm. Kerno shout's an interesting one. Definitely a very forgotten man. I think with, with Walsh's injury and, and now Zach Williams, does Doc now have to play back? Who's that body to come into the midfield? He's pretty reliable. And I've, I definitely on this podcast, long-time listeners will know, I've probably been a bit harsh towards Ed at times. But I am interested to see what he does in this more robust physical midfield where mm. everyone's trying to do the dirty work to allow Crips to sort of flourish. And I weirdly kind of think that if you throw Ed into there with his running ability, that two-way running that we're always talking about, it could help unlock someone else. Like, does this maybe allow Hewitt to do a little bit more or even Kennedy to do a bit more because he's mm. doing all of that grunt work? I think it's an interesting one to watch uh, and, and a nice one. I like the niche players that we're throwing out that could have a big year. Well, a left field thought I had was that if, if um, it's not that left field, but if we are having Doherty in the guts, Zach Williams has gone down. Mm. Um, George Hewitt was an elite half backup mm. for Sydney, and it would yeah, cool. take him out of the midfield because he did so well. But just to fix a hole for a little bit, if we did put him back at half back, which is elite, Doherty in the midfield, Ed Kernow to do some grunt work in there. But Ed Kernow was doing so well for us when we didn't have any help, when we didn't have the talent. Mm. I think that now, when we have such a, a genuine top four, I feel, lineup, he could really take a game to another level and just be such a, a great supporting mm. foil for everyone else. Definitely fingers crossed. And the last question here is, what are you looking forward to the most about this 2023 season? 
Uh, finals, definitely. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, baby. But, uh, I would say that um, if it wasn't, if finals isn't what I'm looking forward to most, or, or more specifically to the fact Cripper and Doherty playing finals for the uh, mm. first. Did Doherty play finals? Yeah. Uh, Doherty, no, I don't Cripper has no. I, don't... I reckon. So seeing them two play finals together, I think would be Cripper especially would just. Oh. It almost made me cry watching him win a final if, if, if it got up. Um, outside of that, I'll, I'm really excited to see, I pray, Marchbank and McGovern stay on the park. If, yeah. like, just to see Marchbank deliver on the promise um, mm. would be sensational. And I'm, the last point I'll make and what I'm excited for is who's going to come up? Who's We we know that we're going to get injuries because we are the Carlton mm. Football Club. Who's mm-hmm. going to take the next step? Will Paddy Dow come on? Will Brody Kemp take the next step? Will uh, Sam Philp finally get on the park? I mm. want. I, I'm hope that this year we get an uncovered gem like a Jordan mm. Boyd will be my man. But now that we've got all the guns all over the ground, I'm keen to see the sprinkles on top yeah. to really take the next step. Absolutely love it, mate. And I can absolutely guarantee that there's going to be some tears and we win a final. I know on my part there will be. So. We'll get there. We're, we're on the road there now. And that's going to wrap, wrap us up, Rog. So thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully, we'll have you on again during the season. Where can the people find you? Mate, once upon a time on Instagram and YouTube, not that I'm uploading too often. Other than that, the Goes All Right podcast is uh, exclusive to Spotify. So jump on. Love your work, boys. And keen to chat baggies whenever and wherever you'd like to. Sounds great, mate. I think we'll catch you at trivia sometime soon, I reckon. That'll be the next thing on our agenda. Absolutely. There is a sport. There is a sports round, and I'll be honest, occasionally I do get a bit biased and ask a Carlton, uh, throw a Carlton <laughs> oh, one in there. Oh, we'll be ready. We'll be oh, ready. Yeah. Beautiful. Sounds great, mate. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We'll see you guys next time.